Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 23, Teaching Instant Obedience. Dr. Tice is joined today by his eldest son, Pastor Matthew Tice. Welcome to the program. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for letting me be part of today's discussion. Well, I am so glad that you are here because uh, you were my experimental model. And uh, and we had Is to... Is that what happened? We had to really... <laughs> that's exactly right. Sometimes, sometimes there's some problems with that first model, but you turned out pretty good. We're so thankful for you. Thank you for the vote of confidence. It's good. It's good to have you in the studio with us this morning. We're going to talk about, uh, uh, we're going through our book. Uh, We're going through the book, uh, Raising Raising God's Kids in Sin City. City. And uh, so the, the next chapter is require instant obedience. Now, that's what we need, and we tell. I tell the story. In fact, I tell a story in in the book about you. But I'm not going to. We're not going to go through that. Just uh, we want to talk about how you teach uh, instant obedience, and we're going to talk about uh, some keys that uh, helped. Let me ask you this: you you obviously uh, have learned the principle of instant obedience. What what is um, something that you would say? Hey, as I was growing up these this is why I feel I felt I needed to obey instantly what just talk about the it. fear of the wrath of my parents <laughs> is what caused the uh, lesson of instant obedience and I say that with a little bit of humor but you guys instilled into us a fear for obedience if we did things right things go well if we did things inappropriate then uh, there was retribution or the wrath of God would fall upon us for our misbehaving. So, so there was not just the negative, but there was the positive. You did receive positive enforcement if you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think there's a principle that God uses throughout the Bible. There's things that motivate us. So if we're talking about the fear of obedience or the need for instant obedience, a lot of times I think we get to a place where we're ahead of our children's Um, programming for obedience. So God talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The reason we even get saved is because we fear hell. So when you're asking the question, why did you uh, learn instant obedience? First and foremost, you're learning obedience because you don't want to be punished. You don't want to get swatted. You don't want to get spanked. You don't want to have the problems of punishment in your life. So obeying is a whole lot better. Then you move, I think, into from fear, you move to reward. So as you get older, you might tell a child, Let's rewar- I'll reward you if you do this. But I think the key to instant, so instant obedience always starts first and foremost with that, that program or that idea. If I don't, bad things will happen. There's fear, moves to reward, moves to duty, then it moves to love eventually. But um, I think our first and foremost, t- like you're asking, why did you obey? Because you don't want to get spanked. That's why you start obedient. So discipline is the key to uh, the number one key. I've got several things in here that, that I've written down, and uh, let, let's talk about them. Number one, uh, and I remember this with your mother, uh, she, she would even say to me, uh, look into my eyes. So number one, we need to get our children's attention. Oh, I think that's very important. If there's not an understanding of clear instruction then we get frustrated. I think the parents get frustrated when they're saying, why is this room not cleaned? Well, have you told them to clean? Have you instructed them how to clean? Why is this bathroom a mess? So 
mom would say, look into my eyes, the idea of, I want to make sure you understand the instruction that's going. That's something you guys always modeled. Yeah. In fact, I, we have in our, we had in our home, uh, five children who were A-type personalities. So there's, when you've got an A-type personality, they're constantly thinking about everything in the world except what, what you're dealing with right then. Their minds are everywhere, so you have to get their attention. And then number two, you just said that this, uh, get, give specific instruction. Um, and then yesterday we were talking about this. You said, say, uh, then say, do it right now. So what do you mean by that? So when if you're so we want to promote instant obedience, right? We've got to make sure that they hear what we're saying. <laughs> uh, if they're not hearing what we're saying, there's no obedience. But then the expectation of what the time frame is, this is uh, you're going to do this and you're going to do it now or you're going to do it before you go to bed or I'm going to leave the dishes, the vacuuming will be done by the time I get back. So you don't necessarily care what the time frame is at that moment as long as it's done within an expectation. So I think there is a, uh, if we're going to promote instant obedience, get their attention. Number two, give the time frame of when the expectation is supposed to be accomplished. Right now, within an hour, before this show is over, when the next commercial comes on, all of those things, but they do promote instant obedience when we're getting that expectation that's sort of time management principles that are going to go through your life anyway you're going to when you're working for a firm if you're if you're a businessman if you're in ministry you've got to have you've got to have expectations you've got to have time goals you've got to have that kind of thing so very very important uh, that we that we have that so get your uh, children's attention number two give specific instructions yesterday again when we were talking about this you said teach them when you say no it means no so explain that i think all of us get frustrated when we see somebody doing something they're not supposed to and then you say stop and they continue stop 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 as parents one of the things that we've tried to model that you and mom taught us was that when we say no that means no don't ask again don't ask for clarification when we say no, no means no. So if you're sitting with your child in church and they're behaving foolishly, you say stop it. Once you say stop it, the world should end at that moment. There shouldn't be any more of that. And if you're going to say no and it means no, then there needs to be consequences for that no. I think in this world where we have so many talking heads and people just words and music and all this interaction, there needs to be when we say something, no means no. Stop. It's yeah. done. You're finished. So, so there's no whining. There's no slump shoulders. There's no, uh, I, I can remember specifically uh, you telling one of your children uh, not to do something and they stopped. And you said, do it with a happy face. And they got this big smile on their face, uh, a fake smile, but it was a smile. Be happy about it. Uh, and I think that's so, so important. Um, we, we used to give the definition, still do, that obedience is doing exactly what you're told to do when you're told to do it with the right heart attitude mm -hmm. or with a happy face. And so uh, it's important uh, that no means no. I appreciate that. I, I, uh, somebody said to me yesterday, it means to, in fact, your mom said this to me. She said, it means don't just yell from the couch. 
go get them and explain it. Oh, that's really good. What, what does she mean by that? Don't just yell from the couch. Well, because what we can do is we, we're frustrated about something, but we're too lazy. And, and I think sometimes as parents, it's very easy to get lazy about things. And so we're, we're seeing something going on. I want to watch this TV show. I want to watch this game on television. Uh, I want to, I, I'm just sat down in my recliner and now a, a situation needs to be taken care of. And who wants to take care of that situation right now? And so, or, or your wife or your husband says, listen, something needs to be taken care of. And you don't want to get up right now. So, Do you think it's because we're, I mean, we're not necessarily intentionally apathetic, but we're just being annoyed maybe by the specific thing that brother and sister are fighting or somebody's making a noise, uh, banging on something or playing with something that's, distracting you from what you want to do. And so that idea is don't just yell from the couch. There has to be a specific interaction with them. Right. I think so. Uh, Something that I've learned from you is the principle of living in the now instead of thinking, oh, man, I got to take care of this. Think this is why I'm here. This is why I live. This This is part of what I do. I wanted to have children. Part of that is dealing with issues like this right now instead of thinking, oh, man. And we all have a tendency, especially, I, I know what it, for, for me, it's like, I just sat down to relax, but this is what, I, this is what I'm in for. This is what, this is what I'm, I'm doing. So You so, can deal from the couch, too. You can yeah. say, come here right this minute. Look me in the eyes. This will stop. And if it doesn't stop, the world will end. <laughs> And you can you can give instructions yeah. from the couch. My my dad was sick when I was about nine years old. I remember my dad was sick, and my dad would was lay would lay on a couch, and I'd be in front of the TV set, if and his shoes were right next to his um, his uh, thing. If I was watching TV, I could. Well, this is this is totally improper. This is not right. But um, I would find a shoe. <laughs> in the back of my head to get my attention. So don't do that. Uh, that is improper. So, uh, but, so don't just yell from the couch. Number five, be consistent. Be consistent. How does consistency play into um, instant obedience? I think if there's somebody, you know this is something that you're not supposed to do and you've done it, the world ends. You're in trouble. And I don't have to give you all the explanations why. I don't need to go through this training model. The punishment is coming right now because you know you were supposed to do this. We've talked about this in the past, and it's consistent. Then, but if you let it go, like, ah, the kid, I don't care if he's messing around in church right now. I don't care if their room is a mess. I don't care if this is going on this time. If I'm not consistent, then it creates an unstable situation so you can't be able to have obedience yeah they're not going to obey if you said it one time and then the next time it was no big deal no big deal they're going to think which time is this is am i going to get away with it and that's the important thing especially in in public or in groups i i have interactions with folks and there will be parents whose kids are tapping on them saying mom and they're in the middle of a conversation and they will say stop stop, not right now, give me just a minute. And there'll be three, four, five, seven times that their kid is continuing to interrupt them and they're not having a conversation because the kid wasn't told. What should happen in a situation like that is 
excuse me, I go to a private place with my child. I'm talking to this person, and you are being rude and interrupting. And if you do this again, you're going to be in big trouble when we get home. You go finish your conversation now with that adult, and, uh, and then you find out what the kid has. But that has to happen. No means no. And we allow things, sometimes because of embarrassment, sometimes because of the situation we're talking with adults, and we allow things to continue that are just inappropriate. And so we have kids that are, mom, 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 and, or dad, dad, can I, dad, please. And, and then we feed them a phone so that they will be entertained for a few moments, which is not parenting. <laughs> and that's right. I, or we respond in a horrible way. I, oh, I that's was, good. I was sitting, I was sitting in my uh, driveway years ago and uh, had a friend over at my house, a couple of young couples. We were a young couple ourselves. And uh, we were sitting in our driveway, and as we're sitting in the driveway, uh, uh, the, a little boy came up and, st- and started saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And, and I thought, uh, you know, he shouldn't be doing that. But the dad turned around. I mean, after, after allowing the nagging, instead of getting up and dealing with it, as you said, properly in another room, uh, what he did was he just turned around and smacked the child right there in front of us, embarrassed the child, embarrassed everybody in the situation. Made himself and, look like a fool. Yeah, and uh, it was abusive. It was absolutely abusive. And so uh, uh, we will do the wrong thing if we don't take care of things the right way. So, uh, so being consistent is very, very, very important. I put down here, don't do the job for them. What do you mean by that? I mean by that, it is so easy to walk up. You, you, tell, you tell Johnny, hey, I want you to pick up your room. So you go up and you, you go into the room and uh, he doesn't clean it up. And so you think this, this room needs to get cleaned up. And so you start doing it and saying, you need to clean this room up. And then you wind up doing the job for them. And they think, well, I, I, I don't have to do it. I mean, we just learned. Our, our nature is to allow somebody else to do the work if they're going to do it. Uh, we say, oh, moms can say this. Oh, I want you to make your bed. They don't make the bed, so they got to get off to school. So they go off to school. So what does mom do? She makes the bed up for them. And it becomes a pattern of if I don't do it, mom will do it. If I don't do it, dad will do it. Well, they need to understand that they need to learn how to do it. And you can't just say, I'm going to do the job for them. I can remember years ago, and, and, and this, this is another point, you need to practice instant obedience with, you, with the kids. I remember one day uh, when Joshua was just probably about two years old, uh, and he played with these plastic blocks, and they were in a box, and he would dump them all out, and, but they would just be laying there. So I said, Joshua, you need to learn to pick up your blocks. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And he may have been younger than two years old. I actually took his hand, and I picked up all the blocks. And we, we picked up all the blocks and put them in the, in the box. And I helped him do exactly what he was supposed to do. Then I took the blocks to another room, and I poured them out. I said, now, we're going to pick up the blocks again. And... He looked at me like, what are you talking about? No, we're going to pick up the blocks. And he's really upset. This was a a real lesson time. So I took his hands and we picked up the blocks. And I said, we're not going to stop doing this until you pick up all the blocks by yourself. And we did that until finally 
he got we went back to by, I remember it was by the stairwell and then it was in our bedroom then it was in the stairwell and in our bedroom finally he picked up every block and he put it in and I said that's what I want you to do when I tell you to do something I want you to do it instantly mm. and I want you to have the right heart attitude mm-hmm. and then uh, and that's that's so important and that so, took so much time so, so something that would have taken you less than five minutes probably turned into an hour, yeah, hour and a half it, ordeal. Yeah, I think it was about an hour and a half that we sat there and did that. And uh, so, so... It's an intentional investment, too. That's exactly right. Yeah, so that's don't, good. So don't do the job for them. Um, and then practice. Um, practice. Listen, practice with them and teach them. This mm-hmm. is what we do, and this is what we do it. This is how we do it, and we do it instantly. Mm-hmm. So I can remember so many times... Uh, I can tell story after story of people who, um, who because they taught their children instant obedience, um, it saved their life. I, I'm thinking of Wendy Louder uh, and her, I think it was her son, that was up on the second story. Do you remember this story? I Just vaguely. Okay. They, she, they were building a house near Washington, D.C., and uh, they, had the ups, they had the upstairs... Uh, completed, except there was a door that was not on, and there was a stairwell outside that when you walked out that door, you would go down a stairwell, except the stairwell wasn't there. For some reason, that door was open, and her son was up playing in the room. Uh, And that little boy was just crawling and went over to that door in the second story and uh, was about to crawl out the door when... A neighbor saw him and yelled up and said, stop, and called his name and said, stop. And instantly, that little child that was crawling stopped mm. because she, he heard the command and he obeyed instantly. And that neighbor ran up, ran in, knocked on Wendy's door, and Wendy ran up and said, that baby would have died mm. if it had not learned instant obedience. Wow. Instant obedience is so, so important so uh, uh, do do uh, don't do the job for them practice and then um, I put down here consistent discipline after the first warning or clarification and what did you mean by that I mean very simply that there are times that you tell a child to do something and you may not they may not have the um, they may not have the full understanding of what you, you, you mean. And so you have to go back and you have to clarify. So if a child doesn't obey, it may not be because they're deliberately rebellious. Mm. It might be that they lack clarification or lack understanding about what you, uh, what you want and That's what you good. expect. Yeah. Uh, I can remember a time when I told you to take out the garbage. You remember that? Yeah, I love this story. <laughs> always gives me the feels. It just <laughs> yeah. We, uh, My idiot son doesn't know how to take out the trash. <laughs> America, you're going to love this story. Okay, well, maybe we won't tell the story. No, we got to do it well, now. We got to tell the story. Yeah. Oh, here it is. So, Do you ever so. remember, do your parents ever tell stories that you remember differently? Very differently, yes. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, that I've, happened I've this past Sunday those. in a specific story, but it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's, it, it works out okay for me because my dad doesn't have a pulpit every Sunday. Yeah. So 
the Sorry. weird looks people look at you over yes. and they're like, did that really happen? Yes. And you just smile and grin. And yeah. yeah. And when you're the first child, and you I don't remember like it's even it. Worse. Well, well, and you remember because that like they, mm-hmm. he just called you a, a guinea pig. He's like, yes. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. Right. And we know that because and, we lived through and it. And now you're here Clearly to validate to all of their parenting decisions. And by the decisions. time you got to child five, all the rules were different. So you, you, you don't know. remember the story that I told Sunday <laughs> the way I told it? At the, in the very first service, the story you told Sunday was, was to I was tense. being uh, I was being disrespectful and running. The way I remember it is I was sitting on a stoop beside Brianne Andrews, and there were two-by-fours leaning up against the wall. I don't know why a responsible adult would have two-by-fours <laughs> leaning up against the wall. <laughs> so I'm sitting point. with Brianne Andrews and Josh, my beloved brother, beloved brother. Uh, is messing around. Josh, the beloved brother, knocks the two-by-four. It falls with the rafters, falls on my foot, and breaks my toes. But the way it was recounted on Sunday was Matt was playing the fool, not the (laughs) beloved brother. Matt was playing the fool, being disobedient. And how would would Matt playing the fool have the thing fall on him? No. It was Matt sitting beside Brianne Andrews, watching trying to learn from the modeling of a, a man's It's very man. different. It's a different story. It's a very different it, it story. But you just sit and smile. I'm, mm-hmm. I, you've got me, like, nervous now. No, I'm, go I'm, ahead. <laughs> well, good. But, I mean, no, but see, this is okay. You can, we have an in-person fact checker that's right. for your oh, story. Oh, man. man. We are well, very advanced here. Well, I appreciate you clarifying that. <laughs> it's and 2020. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hashtag me too. Thank and you. then I, who me have too. zero... And whatever, what interaction you? with the actual how, event. How are you? We'll just how how are you ab- well. abused like this? Well, I would love to share that with you. However, we uh, are getting very close to the end of our podcast, okay. so we need you to tell the garbage can story. Okay. Garbage you can. Said you would. All right. Well, I told my I told Matt. Maybe you can clarify as we're telling the story. Uh, I said, Matt, take out the garbage. Matt Hashtag got up true. instantly. Correct. Went and got the garbage. <laughs> yes. From the plastic bag. Hundred times before. took it took it outside of the front door accurate yeah. and left it. Well, I mean, it and tired. then he came back inside. <laughs> My legs were a uh, half hour later. I walk outside about time, and the <laughs> and the garbage can is by the front door. This is a little disturbing. I said, Matt, I told you to take the trash outside. He said, I did take it outside. I did. So we needed clarification. <clears throat> I said, Matthew. When, you, when I say take the garbage out, it's helpful. what I want you to do is take it to the garbage can. Mm, oh, the dumpster. And I want you to open the garbage can. Check. Take the lid off. Yes. Put the garbage inside the can. Uh, if it is full, uh-huh. you push it down uh, and then put the lid back down. Bingo. And then you can come back in. Huh. That's taking out the garbage. It was a great moment of clarity for so, me. <laughs> this is the best part of the podcast right there in that two That's minutes. it. Mm-hmm. Clarification. That's and then you give them a warning. Next time it's outside the no. door, then we're going to have to talk. You're going to get the belt, Matthew. <laughs> Buckle side. <laughs> never, never. Okay. That so never really happened. N- number, number, number nine. Number nine. Every command must have a purpose. And then let me just say this, because we're almost out of time. Remember, you model and they follow. So be the example. You know, I thought about this on a serious note. Sometimes when you haven't been practicing instant obedience properly, 
and you come in like a bulldozer, I think there's a conversation that starts first that says, I, as a parent, have messed up. I have not parented you well. I've allowed you to slump your shoulders. I've allowed you to continue. And so I want to ask you to forgive me for being a bad parent. Did I ever do that? Multiple times. Okay. Yes. And that gives permission then. It's not on the kid that they're the ones who have done things wrong. It's on me. I have done things wrong, and I'm going to be better about this. So whenever we're trying to promote instant obedience, it's not been your kid's fault if they're slumped shoulders, they're whiny, they're they're, uh, uh, abandoning what you want them to do. It starts with the parent, and it always begins, I'm the model of what is supposed to be right. I'm the model of what's supposed to be wrong. And so I take responsibility for the fact that you, my seven-year-old child, has not been obeying properly. Will you please forgive me? Now, that conversation's awkward, but it starts a whole new path of permission to say, you remember, I'm not going to let you do this anymore. Yes, Dad, go do it. So it starts by modeling, like you said. Well, well, that's some great insight. Thank you, Matt. Listen, uh, again, let me just say this. You need to get your children's attention. You need to give them specific instruction. You need to teach them that no means no. You mean, don't just yell from the couch, get get to them and explain it. Be consistent. Don't do the job for them. Practice instant obedience. Uh, be consistent. And then every command must be on purpose. Remember, you're the model. Those are some great Amen. things. Thank you, uh, Pastor Matt, for coming in and sharing those things. Crystal? Yes, that's me. Just, you want me to you want me to wrap this let's up? Wrap this Thank up. you for listening to episode 23 of the Tice Talks with Pastor Matthew Tice. I'm so glad that we could get some clarity on uh, the many things that we did today, including how to teach instant obedience. If you have a child kind of like Matt, then I'm glad that this was helpful to you today. Uh, we'll be back next time with episode 24. I think it's going to be possibly Pastor Matt and his sister Charity tag teaming on this one, so that oh. should be interesting. Pastor Tice, you'll be outnumbered. I'll be tagged. I'll try to help you, but I don't know. That's it. Well, just remember, this is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation.